Rolling. 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 Maybe that's not even. What's up, church people? One of my favorite things about being a pastor is getting to have amazing conversations with people that are just so awesome. Something that I've seen to be true over the years is that church is just better with people that you know, love, and trust. So for this podcast, we are taking a hack at turning up the relational temperature around here, a chance for you to live through me as I get coffee with church people. My name is Colby Allen, and I get to be on the pastoral staff here at College Heights. Today, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the bearded legend, Nathan Morris. <laughs> What's up, dude? Dude, not a lot. Thanks for asking me to be on. I'm super excited yeah, about this. I'm glad you're on. I am really glad that you're here, man. So, uh, you are the youth pastor at yes. the church? Yes. Yeah. Been so, here for about five years. Five years. Uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Started yeah. out as high school. Now I'm doing high school and middle school. Yeah. All kids around here. Five years. Out. Five years. So you, when did you, when did you start? Uh, August of 2018. August 2018. Wow. So you just, yeah. Just hit five. Just hit five. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, dude. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to the, the early years. Okay. You were born at a young age. <laughs> a very young age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I've, I've always been, uh, here in Joplin, Missouri, for the most part, I, I was born here and I was raised here. Um, my parents were uh, together at some point. Um, I don't remember living in the house whenever they were when they were actually married. Mm-hmm. I do remember. I have some very early memories of um, my dad and my mom kind of trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not sure how much of that is like actually you know like a real memory. Yes, right. Um, but trying to make it work. Um, I've got a brother, I, I had a brother and a sister growing up. Um, and then uh, more kids were added along the way. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up here in, in Joplin. Um, my mom always made sure that we were in church. Um, if nothing else, we were always, we were always going to church every Sunday. Um, but I, uh, I think that like from a very early age, um, it really, like it would any kid, it really bothered me that my parents weren't together. Yeah. Um, I have very vivid memories about, you know, like asking God to kind of like repair their marriage. Um, like in my mind, like a lot was saddle or like a lot, a lot was riding on that, you know, like sort of like my wholeness was riding Mm -hmm. on that. Um, but it it didn't happen. Uh, you know, my, my parents didn't, uh, didn't stay together. Um, my mom, uh, really like single mom, you know, she was raising three kids from, from, uh, from a pretty young age. Um, she, she did a lot to, to make that work. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of it that you don't realize until you, you start thinking back on it, you know, like what, what does it actually mean to be a single parent and what yeah. does it, what does it mean to try and like build this foundation for kids? Right. Um, when there's only one of you, you know, yeah. you only got so much bandwidth. Yeah. Um, so my mom certainly wasn't perfect. Um, but I do think, I do think that she tried and is trying her best, um, yeah. which is, which is a lot, you know, yeah. that's, that's as much as you can say for, for anybody. Oh, but 
yeah. So, I mean, I would say like from like a, from like a narrative perspective, uh, things kind of started kicking off. Um, my mom worked at the mall Chick-fil-A for a long time. Um, I got some memories of like there, I don't guess, I don't know if it's still there. I assume it would be, but there's like this little place you can go up upstairs, like inside the, the restaurant. And we used to watch these old, like VHS tapes. Uh, like, I don't remember where they came from, but they're like really cheesy Christian storylines. Like yeah. we would just do that after school. Um, one day my mom met a guy, uh, like over the counter at, uh, at Chick-fil-A. I was like, bro, this kid has got some game. If he's like, <laughs> I'd like chicken also can have your number. Wow. Um, but they, they started dating. I'll take the number nine. And, uh... <laughs> Seven more digits. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. So they, they started seeing each other. Um, and like, and like I said, like that was always, it's always like very deeply ingrained in me that I wanted my parents to get back together. So um, it's hard for any kid to yeah. see like another parental figure kind of yeah. come into the scene, but it was super hard for me. Um, I, I was like determined to hate this guy. Yeah. Um, and like, that was just kind of exacerbated further um, because like eventually my mom, uh, he, he was kind of like this truck driver. He moved all over the place, but he had this place in Texas. Um, and he asked my mom to, to like, you know, take us and just move there with them. Um, and so we did, like we moved to, we moved to Austin, Texas. We lived there for, I was probably in about third grade. Um, we lived there for the better part of a year. Um, just me and my brother, my sister and uh, my mom and, and this guy. Um, and while we were there, she, uh, she got pregnant with, with twins, um, two, two of my two brothers. Um, and, that was, you know, that was, that was like a new, that was like a new thing. Like there, there was like the first time that there were two parents in the house. One of them admittedly wasn't very involved, but, um, they ended up having like this messy, this messy breakup. Um, and we kind of just moved back, to, moved back to Joplin, uh, couldn't stay away. We, we ended up living with, with her mom for a long time. Um, just one of those things that, like as a kid, you can kind of sense the tension. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't until I was able to like grow up and look back a little bit that I was like, oh, this relationship's kind of weird between my mom and her mom. Um, so it must have been like a like a monumental effort to to be like, yeah, I'm gonna swallow my pride and say, like, can we live with you until we can get on our feet, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah, we we did. And uh my my little brothers were getting a little bit older. Um and it was about the time that they were diagnosed with with autism. Both of them are um, are pretty, uh, I would say, I would say low functioning, um, the, the low functioning autism, I would say. Mm. Um, but that was, you know, just growing up, they were just, they were just always, I mean, we were, we were just a family. We were going yeah. out, you know, and, uh, it wasn't long before, uh, we, we got our first house and, you know, that was probably, I don't know, maybe in the sixth grade we got our house. Um, it was just here in town as, as in Duquesne. And that was like crazy. I remember <laughs> that being wild. Like, yeah. Oh, this is our place. Like we're not, our place. Yeah, we're not just like you know staying with a family member. We're not just like renting this like scary duplex. It's like oh, this is this is our house. So she bought. Awesome. She bought it. She wasn't just renting. Yeah, I mean, like as, as for, I guess in my mind, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. I right, never asked, right. but it was like this is, this is our place. You yeah, know? Uh, and it was like. I mean, looking back on it, that place was busted. <laughs> like, it was, like, really ratty. But at the time, it's like, dude, this place is, like, magical. Yeah, you know? Right. Like, there's right. rooms. Like, this hallway leads to this other room. This is wild. Um, 
And we just, you know, we, we lived there for, for a while. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was good. You know, it was, it, that was probably like the most consistent stretch of my childhood, I would say. Yeah. Um, during this time, like my dad would kind of just like come in and out. Um, he, we talked on the phone um, more frequently than we saw each other for sure. Um, he lived in Wichita. He was a, he was a pastor there. Um, and I, I remember feeling like my dad and I always had like a good relationship. Like we could always pick up exactly where we left off. I always felt like that. And I think my mom was kind of, um, frustrated and probably a little intimidated by that. Mm. And, and I think in, I think in some ways, a lot of parents are like that where, you know, one parent inevitably has to be more of like the, we're getting stuff done. That's right. The other one has gets to be like the right. parent. Right. I'm sure there's resentment a lot of the time, you yeah. know, but definitely felt that. Um, I, feel, I, I remember always feeling like it was a source of tension to bring up my dad around my mom. Cause she was, she was pretty adamant that like he was a dirt bag. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, we talked often and he would, and he would always promise that he was coming down. Um, and he, often did not, you know, so I, I, I learned like pretty quickly to internalize. Um, and I, and I think like, I think what that ended up looking like was me learning to like puncture my own hopes before, you know, I was disappointed, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and that was, that was kind of the nature of it. Like it was the, it was very infrequent that he would actually come. And when he was like, it was like, this is crazy. My dad's actually here, you know? And, yeah. Um, but it didn't, it didn't happen. didn't happen that often. Um, but yeah, our family, our family was, was growing up. And, um, I would say that like, uh, like I said, we, we were always pretty involved with church. I actually, I was pretty involved here at college Heights. My mom served in the, uh, in the nursery. Um, she always made sure that we were here. Um, and I remember, honestly, I remember, I remember feeling, um, <laughs> just like candidly, I feel, I felt like, College Heights was kind of the place for like rich people. Mm -hmm. I never really felt like I, like I fit in super well, yeah. you know? Um, and, but I was, but I was always here, you know? Um, and, and I, that was kind of my relationship with, with church, just feeling a little bit like an outsider, yeah. um, but always kind of being like me to go, um, which is good. Like in a lot of ways, I'm very thankful that my mom, didn't really ease up on that. You yeah. Know? Do you know why she connected at Culture Heights? Was there a family connection or yeah, friendship or something that connected her? That's a good question. Um, from what I remember, uh, I think that um, Susan and Greg Murdoch were, mm -hmm. um, were, I think she and Susan were friends. Yeah. Um, were friends growing, growing up. Um, and so I think, I think that that was probably the, the connection piece. Yeah. Whenever, whenever we got here though, my mom is very much like, Tell me where you need me and I will make sure that you never need anybody else, you know, mm -hmm. which is, which is good and bad, right? There's, yeah. there's some gifting in that. There's also some like, there at the bottom of it, there's sort of like this inability to rest sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, which, which I feel that too. Yeah. Um, but she was, she was pretty adamantly, um, like involved in it. Um, I remember like things started kind of going sideways, I would say a little bit, um, shortly into high school. Um, my mom, first of all, uh, they, they had come and they, they had asked my mom to consider just going to church every other week, like going into the service every other week. Um, and I think, I think my mom felt, uh, I'm, this is, this is my own speculation, but because think, she was going every, she was serving sorry, every week. Yeah. Totally. Just not going yeah, to church. Yeah. And I, and I think like, again, this is my own speculation, but I think in some ways 
that felt like a little bit of a rejection to my mom. Um, like, what am I doing wrong that you're asking me to step back mm. instead of, I think it's actually healthy for, mm. I mean, in, in multiple ways for, you know, for you to be connected to the congregation. Um, but I, I remember feeling like I wasn't really sure how to think about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so my mom kind of pulled pulled back from church and she, this is like the first time she didn't really make us go either. Um, and uh, there's there's a stint where you know we weren't we weren't going to church at all. Me and my me and my uh, family weren't, um, and uh, I think like I'm sure like there were a lot of pieces um, that contributed to this leading up to it. But um, I th- I feel like things kind of like started breaking bad um, one day. Whenever I um, well I, I should say leading up to this point, my mom had started going back to school. Um, and you know she's just trying to finish her degree which is great like really admirable especially like later in life that's a that's a that's a good thing yeah. to try and do um but i also remember that there there were there were stints of time where we just didn't see her very often you know and and that bothered me firstly because um that was the kind of kid that i was like even from even into like my teenage years i was very attached to my mm-hmm. um it felt like it felt like we were just kind of being left, um, yeah. you know, by the wayside. And, yeah. and there's totally the chance that I, I'm like putting more into that than there actually was, but I definitely can tell you that's how it felt. You know, there were definitely stints where she wasn't around and we were, you know, the whole family was just kind of like trying to make it. Yeah. Um, and to her credit, I mean, she certainly never, she did her best not to make sure that we needed anything while she was gone. But yeah, yeah, there were, there were a lot of days where we didn't see her days where she wouldn't come back, you know? Um, And uh, so things were, things were pretty, they were starting to get pretty tense. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, you know, anytime there's a, there's a teenager in the house, uh, like when those personalities start developing, there's, there's tension, you know, they start rubbing against each other in, in a way that's not always, um, conducive to health, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that, uh, like I started this three times now, but I think things started to kind of go sideways officially, uh, when, uh, there was this group project, um, that for some weird reason I was the, I was kind of like the focal point for, like, or I was like the linchpin of, like I, people gave me their pieces of the project to like put together. And if you know me at all, it's a bad move, man. Like I should not be that guy. Um, but uh, I started like we went to school that day, and um, somebody reminded me like, "Hey, you know, world geography. You can have this together. You got the stuff." And I was like, "Oh no," because I didn't even have my backpack that day, dude. I was just like chilling, you know. I was like, "What? Where are you doing at school today?" Yeah. Um, one of my buddies uh, got to start driving um, a little bit earlier than me, and he very graciously told me that he could take me home over to lunch. Um, I could just grab my backpack. Um, and I was super thankful for that. Uh, we drove home, uh, that day. And, uh, so while my mom was starting to go, we, we never had like much, you know, growing up. Um, we had to make, my mom kind of made these like makeshift plywood doors, Mm. um, that, because um, most of our house was like there weren't doors over a lot of the rooms there just kind of like open rooms um maybe these like makeshift plywood doors um and a lot of the time they were like locked like padlocked yeah um 
And that was, you know, for, for various reasons, some of them understandable, some of them not so much. Um, but really my brother and I just kind of like came into and out of the, the windows often. Like that's kind of how we entered and exited the house. Um, that's just like thinking back on it. Like, yeah, that was normal then, you know, it's right. wild. Isn't it funny the things that are just normal? Yeah. You don't that <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, uh, that's my bedroom door. He's like, bro, it's like clambering into the window. Just coming through my bedroom window. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, um, so that was, that was how we got in. Yeah. Um, but the downside was into my bedroom window, my, my weird door was locked. So I couldn't get into the place where my backpack was, which was in the living room. Yeah. The only way to do that was to go through the kitchen window, uh, which bro, like home alone style. I had hooked up this crazy mechanism, uh, that I could like pull on the string, unlatch it. I could like open the window and pull it in. <laughs> Um, I went in, got my backpack and on the way out, I'm like, I'm like one leg over about to, about to get going. Hear the screeching of tires. Um, this police officer is like, starts screaming. Like, I'm just like, I'm turning around. He's like at the, like on the lip of the, of the lawn. Um, and he's just like, I can't even understand what he's saying, but he's telling me to like get on the ground, you know? And I don't. Like, to me, it's, like, so preposterous. I was just like, bro, this is my house. You know, like, I'm walking across the lawn, like, with this backpack, like, walking towards yeah. him. And, like, the first thing I hear him, like, say clearly is, do you want me to shoot you? And the answer was, no, I don't. I like to live. Right, right. And uh, he, like, he draws his gun. And I just, like, like, there's an instinct in me that's just like, oh, stop. <laughs> stop walking towards this guy. Yeah. Uh and I just like noodle to the ground. Um, he like, he, he could like cuffs me. He's like, you know, he, he's like asking me what I got out of the house, you know? And I'm just like this, like my, my mind's starting to piece together. Like, Oh, this looks like, yeah, I just robbed this house. And, but I'm like, this was easy to explain away. I can just, yeah. this, you yeah. know? So I start trying to tell him, um, and he doesn't, he doesn't believe me. He's actually, he's being very like, um, aggressive i mean <laughs> you can't get much more aggressive than pulling a gun but yeah, like yeah. but he's like he's like dead set on not believing me it seems like um and i think one of the i think there's a few reasons but i think one of the reasons was he had, he had a picture of my mom which i thought was weird at the time and my mom's white um my dad's black so i don't look anything like my mom she's like pale she's redheaded you know mm. i look nothing like my mom um and uh he's got a picture of my mom and i don't know why um but he's like pulling it up and he's like <laughs> he's like you don't live here i know the lady who lives here and it's you don't live here and i i'm telling him all this information about my mom you know like she's got red hair her name's laura hicks like <laughs> and uh he's like he's so like combative about it he's like well it's lucky you know her name but and he just like won't give me he won't give me anything here um and he's like, okay, why don't you just call her? And I was like, bro, this is going to sound wild, but she just got a new number and I don't remember it. Like, oh, it's just like, he's oh, like, yeah, no. but I'm bad. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. no. um, but like, uh, my buddy who drove me, his dad, uh, was the, was one of the police. I don't know. He was, he worked, uh, he was a policeman at Duquesne. 
um, which was really fortunate. Like, you know, they saw him in there and they were like, get out of the car. Um, but he was able to be like, Hey, you know, my dad is this guy, like Nathan's telling the truth. Um, and like uh, gradually he started kind of like after that, he started kind of backing off a little bit, but he told me the reason that he had my mom's picture there is because like he had come to tell her, like he gave like service and eviction notice. Like my mom hadn't been paying any of the bills and stuff. And, you know, because a kid, it's really easy to get angry about. And I definitely did. Yeah. Um, but looking back, it's like, yeah, dude, how do we make it that long? Like, <laughs> you know, like what? You got five kids. Yeah, and I didn't know it at the time. She's she's pregnant with another one. You know, it's like you got five, six kids. Like, yeah, how are you? How are we paying any bills? You yeah, know? right. But at the time, I was just this ball of rage. Like, I was so mad. Like, the one thing that we had, yeah. you can't even you can't even keep us afloat. Yeah, like so mad, embarrassed, embarrassed. Yeah. yeah, I went back to school, and my mom never like. I mean, she was always you know trying to either do school or work. Um, she was actually there, which was wild. Like she was dropping something off for my brother and I just lit her up in the hallway. Like people were coming around. It was really awkward. Um, but I was just like, I was just like screaming at her. Like, how could you let this happen? You know? And, um, and my mom was like, well, it's not a big deal. We're just, we're going to move in with my boyfriend. And I was like, no, we are not. I'm not doing that. I don't even know your boyfriend. I'm not moving in with them. Um, and so like, I remember like my dad came, he like, this must've been such a infuriating thing for my mom that he's like this savior who's coming in, like, you can live with me, son, you know, like I, I won't lead you astray. Right. Looking back on that, that's got how she felt. Um, but I didn't like, I was like, there's no way I'm not moving in with your boyfriend. I'm, I'm going to go live with my friends or something. Like I'm. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, so for a long time, I was like couch surfing. Um, the Beals were this family that I was pretty close with and they very graciously let me stay with them for a long time. Um, and you're how old? Uh, I was probably 16. I was 16 cause I could drive at this yeah. point. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I, I ended up just living on their couch for probably eight, nine months, something yeah. like that. Um, and birth order wise, what uh, what order are you? So I'm like I'm pretty much in the middle. Okay. Um, well, actually, sorry, I was in the middle for most of the time. Yeah. The twins and 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 uh, my youngest sister. Yeah. Um, they made me closer to the top. Um, okay. but but for the most of the time, yeah, you know, I was, I was in the middle. But my sister is older than me. My my dad has two other kids as well. So yeah, um, I don't know them super well. My my sister's older than me. And that was me. That was my little brother. The twins come after that. Okay. Um, and then my sister. Um, and so, yeah. And, and I, uh, honestly, I was, I was in this D group, um, at the time. Um, and my D group leader heard about, you know, all the stuff that was happening and he got me connected with Susan and Greg Murdoch. Um, and I ended up, I ended up living with them for, for a long while, um, for most of like my college, my college experience, um, before I got married, you know, I just, I moved back over there every time and, and, and they were like, just have a space where it's like, yeah, this is safe and this is my own place. And, um, to kind of see, get a glimpse of like how a family operated that was not quite as, uh, I, I don't know. I, 
I've, I've, I've thought lately I don't want to use the word dysfunctional to describe humans because like function is not our purpose. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, that it felt that way, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> so, um, but that was good. And, uh, but I, I will say that when I was, when I was couch surfing, um, I started going to this really tiny local church called Cornerstone. It was over on fourth and forest of Joplin. Um, and it was like the dingiest, like <laughs> it, like it was, it was rough, but like that was where I saw the body of Christ for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, because we had people who were homeless for sure. We had people who were addicted to drugs for sure. We had people who were divorced from one person in our small congregation and married another person in our small congregation. Yeah. And the other person kept coming because they were so connected to the body. Like, it, But it felt like we were all just like crawling towards Jesus. And there was no pretense. There was no, you have to be this clean to enter like nobody would have passed that you know uh i like jay st Clair says it at god's resort talks about spiraling up yeah like yeah we're just tripping spiraling yes but we're going up absolutely that's yeah that's what it was and and i was and i got involved with a youth group that that was my those were my best friends Mm -hmm. you know and um, it wasn't just, it wasn't like, these are my church friends. Those, this is my family. Yeah. You know, this is, this is my, these are my best friends. Um, and yeah, that was, that I would say like, that was where I saw Jesus the clearest. Yeah. Um, is it, if for the first time it just felt like, oh, this is, this is a guy who understands what it means to be impoverished, who understands what it means to be um, lowly, you know, in society, who understands what it means to be surrounded by people who um, are completely fundamentally broken. Um, And this is a guy who being God could have chosen something else. Yeah. Did it like he, he moved towards and not away. And that was, that was such a stark thought Mm -hmm. that came into my mind. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I graduated just by the skin of my teeth. Seriously, I I love learning, um, but uh, I was definitely a truant. I did not. I missed a lot of school. Yeah. Um, just for dumb reasons too, you know. Um, but I eventually did get. You know, I started going over to to Ozark, um, and I uh, at the time I and so my my. <clears throat> church knew that I was very interested in doing youth ministry. Um, and they let this 18 year old kid be the interim youth minister, uh, which was bro, so bizarre. Like you've got a kid, you've got kids around you who are your friends, who are your peers. And then all of a sudden you're leading them. Like, I don't think I'd wish that on, on anybody. It's so bizarre. bro. Um, and then like uh, eventually um, that was, it was a very tumultuous path, but eventually I got hired on to do youth ministry full time there, which was, yeah. um, which was be- really beautiful, honestly. Like, I mean, not certainly not the work that I did there. Um, but there's something really beautiful about, um, like serving out of just love for people that are around you, you know, yeah. um, and, and the team that I got to work on and, you know, people who just love kids and, um, wanted to provide what we had experienced there, you know, yeah. uh, that was, 
That was great. Um, but yeah, and so and so that that leads me to now, and um, certainly certainly still so much that I'm processing that I'm working through. Can we can we back up on a couple things? Yeah, I have a couple sure. questions from like the early years. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll pose them both, and then you tackle them in whatever Great. order you want. Well, let's see. Your dad being a pastor, yeah, and yet being not a part of your life yeah. by choice, um, being in and out in weird ways, you know, calling but letting you down quite a bit, yeah. That seems like it would mess with you yeah. in some ways about <laughs> your theology, your understanding of ministry of God, of God's people, sure. of Christians, what they're like, blah, blah, blah. So there's one question yeah. of like, talk about that. Uh, second, you talked about feeling um, feeling like you didn't fit at college sites, feeling yeah. like it is for rich people. I'm curious about your your reflections on that now looking back what'd you learn you know and now that you're leading a a space where a kid just like you could come in and interact and like how how did that change how you would lead a setting like that sure. what did you learn about what in you was reading things accurately mm-hmm. and and what what in you was like mm, no i mean i was a kid and i misunderstood this piece. I'm, so I'm just curious on your yeah. reflections, what, what you've, because I, my first time I ever went to church, I, <laughs> I only had skate shoes mm-hmm. and baggy mm-hmm. jeans and I only had t-shirts. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't own any, um, non t-shirts. So I didn't have a button up or anything like that. And they were all just like sports, uh, like print t-shirts, you know, yeah. um, had real long hair. And when I first time I got invited to church, I said, well, no, I can't go because I, I don't have dress sure. clothes. I don't. Yeah. And, and the family that took me, they said, well, some people will dress up and that's okay, but we don't do that. We don't dress up. And, and so they all showed up in athletic shorts and tennis shoes and yeah. t-shirts. And I was the most dressy among us. In my jeans. Dude, that's so cool. And they did it on purpose. That's rad, man. And they would normally dress a little nicer, but when they invited me, they they started dressing down. Yeah. So that I didn't, because they knew that that was a sticking point for me, which is pretty meaningful once yeah. I kind of learned of that. Totally, And man. looked back and I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, that was awesome. So I'm just curious of those two pieces of your, sure. of your upbringing. Um, so you yeah. take them whichever way you want. This this might sound I'll, I'll do the I'll do the dad question first. This might sound a little bizarre, but I've actually I don't think very many people have asked about that like relationship to my dad specifically and being a pastor. I think whenever they, most people find out, um, it's just kind of like, oh, really? You know, because <laughs> I know his role in your life doesn't seem that's kind of implied. Like his yeah. role in your, in your life doesn't seem like really lines up with that. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that, um, one of the things that I was always so enamored, um, about my dad, um, by was his personality. Um, he lived in Wichita. Um, he eventually got, he, he moved to a mission or a 
a ministry in, in Parsons, and he was telling back and forth between Wichita and Parsons. Um, but he was just so likable. Like his personality was so like funny and free spirited and he could start a conversation with anybody and he would, you know, like when, when he, when he would come down and he would take me and my brother to, um, the mall or something, you know, just try to figure out something to do. Um, he would, he would see people he knew. And that was always so like, you live three hours away. That's the whole world, you know, like how do you, how do you know people here? Um, that was, so I think I let my, I think I let my dad get by with a whole lot because I was so, I was so, I was so unused to seeing a person like him, you know, like, man, that's who I want to be. And it wasn't, and it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I'm like, yeah. And also this is your third marriage and your wife is constantly perpetually annoyed with you. Um, you know, and also you can't commit to anything. And also, uh, you have this like self-aggrandizing vision of yourself and actually it's not true. You know, all that, you don't see that stuff as a kid, you know, you have to, you have to think about it afterwards. And the scary part is like, well, kind of what you're saying, like, what, how does this, how does this like inevitably row off on me. Yeah. You know, like how, how does this even in ways that I can't see affect how I'm being a dad? And it certainly yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I would say that, I would say that, um, I think that his personality, like I said, um, it, it helped him get by with a lot in my book. Um, his, I could tell that he cared about the church, but eventually I could also tell that he was completely operating out of his personality. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he could be a pastor all day, but you don't have to honestly, like you don't have to know people to be a pastor. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. just say some like witty things and make people feel seen, um, which is sad. Like, I mean, people, people feel seen because of that. I actually think to be a pastor, you do have to know right, people, right. but you know what I, I mean? hear what you say. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that, um, I think that like on a very fundamental level, and this is still pretty fresh for me. This is something that I'm just realizing might be true. Um, is true is that, uh, it, there's a fundamental, um, it's, it's fundamentally difficult for me to believe that God delights in me, that he's going to stick around, that I can trust him. Yeah. Um, that was stuff that actually was brought up to me um, for the first time, like even this year, like to, to look deeply into it. Um, I was doing a silence and solitude retreat with my mentor and um, we met with um, a monsignor um, at this hermitage that we were at. And he asked me, know what i wanted out of life like what did i want god to do for me or something um and i just told him that i just wanted to i don't know where this came from but i was like i wanted to know that he's actually proud of me you know it's mm. like oh that's some dad language there yeah you know yeah and and from there it's just like it was like probably 25 minutes of conversation but i was weeping because it was he didn't say much he just asked questions you know but he 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 asked me, you know, about my relationship with my dad. Um, and that was one of the, I, I feel like I'm a pretty insightful person, like, and, and, and introspective a lot of the time. 
Um, so it's, it's weird for me to have such monumental feelings that I can't sense like on the surface, you know? Um, but I think as a kid, it didn't feel like I was being affected very much, but now it's like, it's hard for me to feel like I'm worth the time and the effort. Um, it's, it feels hard for me to trust that the Lord actually is content to just like abide with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's like, yeah, but you got something to do, man. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. like, it's, there's this fundamental layer where it's like, if you got time, you know, like if you got time, that's all, that's kind of always the defense that pops up. Um, and actually that, bro, that like, that affects a lot of my relationships. Like really it does. Like that's a, that's kind of like my default setting of like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to bug you. I don't want to bother you. Yeah. If you got time, this is cool. You mm. know, like kind of like trying to like, it's kind of twofold. It's, it's, I don't want to be a burden to people, but it's also testing the waters to see, am I valuable to you yeah. or am I not? Yeah. How valuable? Like if I'm, a monster to you or you know like how much of a monster do i have yeah. to be before you leave you know um that's hard man it's like what a, a lot of stuff <laughs> what a gift that you you can see that that's a gift that you're able to put a you know put your finger on that and deal with it you know because so many people go how far into life and not not have any um insights like that and they they operate with those things are operating in the background. They're running their life. Yeah. It's the operating program that they're <laughs> using and it's, it's running their life into the ground. And what gift that, you know, at, are you 30, 31? 30. Yeah. That you get to see that. I'm thankful that you're saying that. Cause there's a lot of times where I'm like, bro, how am I not figuring this out yet? So mm. that's, that's helpful. Thanks for saying that. I think it's such a lie. Uh, it is such a lie that, that we're behind, you know, that's something for me recently too, that has, has been like, I'm so behind. Yeah. And he's not a Christian, but there's a guy that I follow on social media that, um, his business and, and stuff really took off when he was like 35 mm. and he just worked at his, his dad's, uh, liquor store from yeah. like 16 to 35. And then now he owns like eight businesses has couple million followers on social media makes, you know, you know, nine figures in his businesses, all this stuff, which, you know, it is what it is. But he, he was like, it's just nonsense that what we, we say that you're, you're in your thirties and you're behind, you know, it's like Morgan Freeman was how old when he started acting. Yeah. You know, uh, the lady who, um, who played the mom in uh, black Panther, you know, the real old yeah. um, lady. She, I think she got her first acting role at 84. Ooh, come on, Black girl. Panther. And it was like, then now she's in Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And those are, you know, the, the, <laughs> one of the images that I feel like was alive for me was like this thought that, man, if I'm building this house of faith that is me, you know, and it's like, um, I had this a couple of years ago was like, I should be on the third floor by now mm. and I'm still digging the foundation. Yeah. You know, I'm, al I'm almost 30 <laughs> and I'm still digging the foundation now. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, man, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for asking, man. <laughs> What's uh, the second question? What, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember what it was now. Uh, oh, uh, you, you coming to, you coming to church feeling like, you know, you didn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, this is, you know, this is just, just my perspective. So, um, certainly isn't necessarily like a fact, you know, it's just kind of my observations, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely felt that way as a kid. Um, and I think, I think coming back into, um, coming back into this place in a different role. Um, so as a, you know, as a minister, um, especially after working at Cornerstone for a few years, um, I think that, I think that, um, well, first of all, this has been a huge, like growing opportunity for me because actually my default because of my background is to be like, we have made church into this like program, you know, so like the, the solution is kill the program. Yeah. Just like be right. authentic forever. Yeah. Um, Structure's bad. Yeah. Organic is good. Yeah, Swing was, all the way. Totally. Overcorrect. You know, we always do that. Yeah. Um, when organisms are organized, right? right? Yeah. Organic is in some form or fashion organized. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so it's this life is found in the beautiful um, balance between yeah. chaos and order. Totally. Right. Totally. It's chaotic. Whoa. Right. Right. Again, dude. Too it's much order up. is calcified. Too much chaos is a mess. Yeah, totally. So, and I, and I think that, I mean, you've, you've probably been in meetings with me where it feels like swinging a little too hard into the, like, let's just do it. Let's do the spirit show it, brother. Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's like, I think that, I think that, um, I think there's some, some goodness that comes out of the mindset that, that originated there, you know, because I actually, I actually do think that church can, um, need to are on programs and making shiny and trying yeah. to figure out like how can we get the most number of people into this building and yeah. sometimes that's for a really good reason you know well, yeah. yeah this is where the community of God is you should be here yeah um sometimes it's not you know sometimes we let the car lead the horse a little bit and yeah um so I think that in my healthier moments which um really come when people who see differently than me come and push back on my extremism and I can hopefully push back on theirs too. Yeah. We can, like you said, meet somewhere in the middle yeah. where we see like, yeah, like how we're doing church right now involves programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also involves people. Like let's descend into the details as much as we can yeah. within the structures that don't make it just like this crapshoot every time we come yeah. through these doors, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that, um, but I also, I also think that, um, there's, there's this part of me that the Lord has awakened and I'm still discovering, um, myself certainly. Um, but I think that there is this, um, this, ad- this adversity to, tr- to like triteness, um, that's inside of me, um, where like, if you've tasted and seen like some of the truth of the gospel, like it's like, it really is like the, the analogy is so apt, like, like water when you're thirsting and you're parched, you know, it's like, oh, this is the good stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So there actually is this thing inside of me that's like, 
I don't want to settle for less than that. And I don't want to lead anyone else to less than that. You know, yeah. like I, um, and, and, and honestly, like, I don't know exactly where that falls sometimes, you know, um, but I, that's in me. I know that. And I think it's, I think the Lord's awakened it in me by leading me through, um, sort of these like tumultuous paths. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's not, I guess that's not necessarily like a clean answer to, to your question. Um, but I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've been led through it all yet, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the best of my purview, that's kind of how it's going right now. Yeah. Okay. So you graduate high school by the skin of your teeth. Just barely, man. You're part of a cornerstone. <laughs> yeah. They uh, are without a youth pastor and they hire young little, little Nate, <laughs> 18 years old, to be the interim yeah. youth pastor. Eventually, you come on at, like in a more full time. Yeah. Role. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a little more full time. Uh, that, I don't know how, how deep you want to get into this, but that was, I mean, every church, every, every congregation has got their skeletons. Um, some of them are more likely to happen in bigger congregations and some are smaller congregations. Um, like the, one of the, one of the, like the horsemen of the apocalypse for a small congregation is uh, just, kind of like the in, you know, like focus inward and like, yeah. um, so we had that, uh, we had that like pretty hard. There was a young preacher that was there. Everybody loved him. Like, um, seriously, he was 19 when he was leading our church. I'm sure he made some like boneheaded mistakes, but bro, he still just seems like the wisest person I've ever met. <laughs> like he was 19. Um, but like, uh, after that guy, I mean, if you, anybody who's, you know, who's been a part of the church for any length of time knows being the guy after the guy is like an impossible task almost. Um, we, we hired a, a head pastor who was rec, who was recommended by our, you know, our, our golden boy pastor as he was leaving. Um, and these two people could not have been more different. Like, uh, Landon Justice was our, was our first pastor. He was, um, he was just so like meek and mild mannered. If you know him, you know, like he's just so like thoughtful and wise. Um, and he just thinks before he, he talks. Um, and our new guy coming in, he was a lot more like crass. He was just like, bro, if it don't work, blow it up. Which like, you know, coming in here, that's a little strong, but like, bro, he's, he's wise too. It's just yeah. like, it is, He's like a different, he's a different rapper, you know, like a different rapper around this candy. Um, but dude, they were not having it. Like I was still volunteering at this time and they, uh, <laughs> they were like, Hey, like the, the youth, the youth group on that Wednesday night, like swelled. I was like, well, a lot of, a lot of parent and leader kids here that normally aren't here. This is great. And, uh, it's because they were having the secret meeting and they were like, Nathan's going to babysit our kids. <laughs> and, uh, and they eventually were like, they, they said they went into this meeting to just be like, hey, we got a couple, we got a couple things we want to bring before this guy. Um, he wasn't part of the meeting, by the way. Um, and they said by the end of it, we knew we had to fire him. It's like, woof. Uh, and, and they, uh, it's not funny, but 
It kind of is in retrospect. <laughs> oh, um, no. On that, that following Monday, they brought him in. They didn't give him any context for the conversation, anything like that. He told me afterwards he thought they were throwing him a party because they're just like, these <laughs> people. So, <laughs> so many people that were just like surrounding him. <laughs> oh. And they were like, bro, we gotta, we're firing you. And, uh, <laughs> um, and it was just like, it was wild, you know, after that, they just, um, but they did have an odd job, like a, a pay opportunity after that. Um, so obviously not, not the best way to get hired on. Um, but they were like, yeah, we got a little bit of a budget now, Nathan, so <laughs> oh, we can hire you. No. Um, so yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was part of it. That was wild. I talked to him a few weeks ago. He's. He's doing great, man. He's he's really doing great. He's good. It's kind of like in the retro or like the yeah, the retrospective time where it's like, that was terrible. And also it let the Lord used it, you know? Yeah. Which is it's cool to see afterwards. Speaking of land injustice, yeah. I'm uh buying a half of a beef from him next week. Hey. hey. Tell him I said what's up. <laughs> Tell him I said he's the wisest 19-year-old ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was my rocky journey into youth ministry. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Not a whole lot of like teams at that church, not a whole lot of, um, like safety nets or making like, seriously, I could have been just like teaching those kids, whatever I want to know. I was checking around anything. Um, so coming into the college Heights, like not only was it like a new pond, which was really weird, like. Um, but it was like, I didn't know how to work on a team. And yeah. I mean, you know, there are still times where that's really hard for me. Um, like my default is just like, I'm going to try and do this myself. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the hardest like mountains to climb, like learning to take feedback, learning like, yeah, I mean, you get a say in this, but that doesn't mean we're doing it, you know? And mm-hmm. like, just like, I remember feeling always that first year, like this petulant child who yeah. just like, I either want to get my way or I'm mad, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was one of the hardest seasons, but it was also one of the sweetest. Like, looking back, it's like, right. that's good. It's good to have someone who cares about you enough to be like, you're being a baby right now. You need to calm down and take a step back from this. Mm-hmm. Um, or this is a hard truth you need to hear, and I need to be the one to tell you it, you know? That was really, really good for me. <laughs> and to think about the lessons that you and I have had to learn, like, through our 20s yeah, as adults. It's like, what if... What if our kids wouldn't have to go through that in their first, their first job, their first full-time career job, that they're not having to learn those lessons and learn how to not throw fits or learn how to work on a team for the first time or not get their way. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. I, I want that. (laughs) I want it. It's hard. It's hard now, but I'm so like, when my daughter does something and I'm just like, dude, we gotta learn this now. Yeah. It's gonna. It's it's hard now, but it'll yeah. be so much harder later when you're 25. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get into a career. Or something. That's right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so you're doing youth ministry. College Heights comes along. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the story there. How did you <laughs> How did you end up at College okay. Heights? That's an interesting, like full circle kind of a yeah, moment it is it is really it is really interesting um <laughs> so i was uh i was in a book club with logan greer yeah. um who was the 
who was the previous like head of the youth team um, back in the day. Um, and I've told Logan this, so I guess I can tell it to everybody. I thought he was like so pretentious. I did not. <laughs> we were not like close in that in that book club. I feel he I felt, is <laughs> in the best way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like every time we read a book, I was like, "Here's what I thought." And I just felt like he was always like, "Yeah, anyway." So like <laughs> actually, <laughs> the author's intent. I was like, "All right, dude." Um, but. Uh, I was close with a lot of the other people in the, in the, um, the club. I was working at, um, BFIT, which is part of community support services. We would, um, help people with disabilities whenever they're having like escalated, um, issues and we would come and try and help like reset the environment and, um, help kind of like move, move them forward and, and, and help them kind of like regain, um, some of their, you know, their calmness. Um, that was like, that was a hard job. You got a lot of punches yeah. to the face. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a hard one. It's great working with those people, but it was, it was hard. Um, you said it was called beef it? Beef like, it. don't beef it? Yeah, like, don't beef it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so uh, dumb. I just wanted to use that sound effect. Uh, so you I, come into the scenario and say, hey man, don't, don't beef, beef it. it. And then, then they laugh and... <laughs> They'd love that one. Dude. Never got old. Um, I actually don't remember what it stands for either. So very well could be shit, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was at a birthday. It was at uh, is that like this birthday lunch? Um, I think it was for Christian Schultz, who is one of the book club members. Um, I was there, and I got invited at the last minute. Um, and Logan was there, and my buddy Jake was there, and. Jake just like very not subtly at all um, knew that Logan was was in the look looking out for a high school minister or a high school associate minister. Um, he like not subtly at all was like, yeah, Nathan's doing youth ministry, you know. And like, um, I was like, yeah, bro, there's no way that you guys would ever want me to do that. <laughs> like, um, I mean, really, at the time, like I'd been doing youth ministry at Cornerstone for probably three and a half years. Um, some paid, some not paid, right? And um, I feel very much like this is fulfilling, but I'm also failing. I'm not doing a good mm. job. I don't know what good job looks like, right? but I'm failing. Yeah, it's like even to, okay, who is telling you good job or yeah, bad job? Totally. Who is giving you any kind of standards? Totally, yeah. Other than just your own intuition yeah. going, this doesn't feel good. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and... And in my mind, at the time, the Lord gave more to people who were faithful with what they had. Mm. And so I was like, not only do you not want it for this, the Lord is not going to let me do this. <laughs> right. I just, uh, yeah, so kind of warped view of things, you know. Um, but I, uh, yeah, Logan was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't know you did youth ministry. And I was like, yeah, here and there. <laughs> yeah, a little of this, a little of that. <laughs> um, and he wanted to set up a, a meeting. We met at Starbucks, uh, and the, the interview was going fine, you know. And uh, but there, then he was like, "And what year did you graduate college?" And I was like, "Not no year. I'm not done. I I haven't finished college. I don't have a degree." Um, and he's like, "Okay, this is probably going to be a deal breaker. I'll still bring it to everybody, but I think, yeah." that we can probably stop having this conversation, essentially. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, cool. Um, 
I did honestly, it was one of those things where um, I didn't have high hopes going in anyway. Probably yeah. I punctured them pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, he called back and he was like, hey, man, I want to keep like you're doing it. I want to meet again. And there was, you know, meeting with some of the other staff, like Josh Beck was there and uh, meeting with some of the elders. I, um, I met with Titus just like, I guess that was part of it, but I don't, I don't know if he just wanted to hang out or what, but we went to McAllister's and uh, talked with Ian Wolf on the phone. That was like a really thorough interview yeah. process. Yeah. Um, we're just good. It should be. Yeah. Uh, and then like, I remember sitting down with Cy and his intern and just like, so nervous. He was like, yeah, man, what are your favorite books of the Bible? I was like, oh, uh, James, what do you want me to say? What's the boring one? Yeah, that one. Um, uh, but yeah, I, like, I really just kept expecting to get disqualified like at every yeah. step. Like, yeah. how is this still happening? Um, I remember like one of the first interviews is me and Logan and Nick and Agnet, who was the middle school guy. And Logan seemed a lot more like lenient with some of my answers. Nick was catching me on everything. He was like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, I don't think so, man. Like, I'm just like, okay, this guy hates me. I should not be working here. Um, but like, I remember I was driving to one of this, I was driving to a, a pretty difficult client's house. Um, and, uh, but I was like, I remember feeling like if I don't get this job, I think that's okay. Because this is a difficult, this is a difficult job, but like, I like working here, you know, like the team is good. We all want the same thing, which is pretty wild. Like it's, it's cool to just be in this place where you're like, if, if stuff completely hits the fan, we got each other's back. Like, yeah. I'll take a punch for you in the face and you can literally, do it for me too. literally. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's like, yeah, I think I can handle it. And I got the email from Logan. It's like, Hey man, decided to offer you the job. I was like, let's go. I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> Just like immediately. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, uh, and, and pretty, pretty quickly after that, like I was talking with Ash, my wife and, and we had, we'd had a, few, a rocky first few years of marriage, I would say. Um, and you know, I, I was just being like, I feel like we need to operate out of like a healthier state than we've been in, you know? Um, so, you know, that was like the first time we jumped into marriage counseling and we've done that a few times since then. It's really helpful actually. Um, but I remember um, feeling just completely inadequate. Like in the, in the, in the best moments, it was a very clear realization that like this, like everything actually, I cannot make a step forward with, without God, you yeah, know, like, yeah. and, and that was actually a really healthy place to be. Yeah. Um, and then like, like always, whenever it starts getting comfortable, you, you start forgetting that, you know? Yeah. Um, but in the, in the best moments I'm reminded, like, bro, it's not because you're at college heights that you need to have this mindset. It's like, Jesus says, I can do nothing without the father. And yeah. that's yeah. God, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you want? Right. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a very colorful, process and it was a it was a crazy first year it's working through all these emotions and um all these dynamics and it's also really sweet it was it was very it was a very sweet time um it still is you know yeah. still still a lot of sweetness it's a, it's very different now yeah um so you know after covid i'm doing high school and middle school now and yeah. the team looks a lot different some um, things have <laughs> as they say some <laughs> things have changed um but yeah i mean like i I think that 
this is a, I think this is a really good season. I'm really encouraged by the kids and the leaders that we have who are just like, yeah, man, I'm not getting paid, but I'm going to be here every Wednesday night because yeah. I care about kids. No, it's right. Jesus. And it's like, whoa, like, let's do that. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's live that way. You right. Know? Like, can we live so holistically that it's not like, well, I got put on my youth minister pants now. I mm-hmm. got on my home. You know, it's like, yeah, bro, like this is life, you yeah. know, or walking with people as we walk towards Jesus. Like, yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah. It's cool. I'm, I'm liking it a lot and I'm mm. very, I'm very filled by it right yeah. now. Yeah. <clears throat> How'd you meet your wife? Yeah. Uh, oh, so tale as old as time. <laughs> um, so my wife and I went to Ozark for a little bit together. Um, I, we locked eyes from across the room the first time whenever I saw she had a Batman mug. I was a big Batman guy at the time. Um, and I said, Ooh, la, la. <laughs> and then, um, I was working at Vintage Stock at the time in the mall. Um, honestly, super fun job. Got to work with some good people. That's where I met my, my best friend, Jake. Um, it was good. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. They do rentals at Vintage Stock. We just got free rentals every time. It was great. Um, but <laughs> oh, so we, uh, me and my friend Jake found this, this code in the computer that applied something called the birthday discount to every, to everything that you wanted. <laughs> um, and like, okay. Yeah. Looking back on it, definitely company theft, <laughs> but like, but you, I didn't think about it like that at the time. I was like, bro, I'm, ho- I'm hooking my boys up. They're coming in here and I'm giving them the birthday discount. Um, <laughs> so my wife uh, fell prey to the birthday discount and the, the rest is history. She couldn't, she couldn't say <laughs> that. She was hooked. <laughs> Um, what was funny though, uh, I did, I gave her some pretty steep discounts. Um, and we were talking at the time and, uh, there's a guy I worked with Sam Chin with, you might know him. Uh, the third time she left, I said, probably in jest, but I did say, Sam, I'm going to marry that girl one day. I actually said that. Um, and he said, okay. (laughs) And, uh, and I did, we did, we got married. Um, but what's funny is that, uh, because of my wanton use of the birthday coupon, um, on April Fool's Day, I think of 2015 or 16, maybe. No, I wasn't married yet. So I've been 2013, 14, 12, 12. Um, <laughs> we, uh, on April Fool's Day, uh, we had these walkie talkies in Vintage Talk. And, um, my boss was like, Nathan, can you come back to the back room? I was like, uh, yeah, boss, on the way. <laughs> and then and then my friend Jake got on the walkie and was like, oh, somebody's in trouble. And they were like, Jake, why don't you come back here too? <laughs> 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 and uh, we, we went to the back and they were like three of our bosses were sitting back there. They turn around dramatically in their chairs. And one of them was like, guys, how many birthdays do I have? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, out of just the one, sir. <laughs> They produced like this, like, okay, first of all, did you have to go this hard on tracking down all of our, all of our (laughs) discounts that we've ever given, but they produced this long list. And, uh, and, and at the time, like so many, like people did dumb stuff at Vintage Talk all the time. And it was just kind of like, well, watch it next time. You better not do that. You know, (laughs) but this time, 
like whenever he said, we're going to have to let you go. I was like, okay. Anyway, boss, good one. I'm going back out there. (laughs) Like, seriously, they were like, you're fired. Um, and I remember texting my wife and my, my friend at the time. Um, yeah, I just got fired. And it was April Fool's Day, and she said, ha, good one. And I said, it's not a good one for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I did all that in the name of love, Colby. Yeah, it was was worth it. I will get fired a thousand times from (laughs) being stuck for you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, It is so dumb. It's one of those things you just thought, well... Maybe someone would think about it. I did it. I was just like, yeah, Robin Hood, man. We're giving to these poor college kids. They can't afford Halo 3 without me. Like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. So, in the meantime, so you got married, and now you got got some little babies. Yeah, yeah we got Isley, who she is six. Uh, right now we've got uh, Theo and he's three. Um, uh, last year we we miscarried uh, a little baby named Ezra, um, and then uh, now we are uh, pregnant with our second girl, um, who we're probably going to name Margo. Um, but if we don't, I'm sure you guys will know <laughs> that we didn't name her. Yeah. Uh, I like so, that, Margot Morris. Yeah, Margot Morris uh, coming in February. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're pretty excited. This is probably the probably the kid that I'm least like hesitant about on the outside. You know, like the first yeah. kid, you're like, yeah. "What are we doing?" Yeah. My my wife and I did foster care for almost a year before um, before Isley was born. Yeah, um, and we were feeling so good, like because when we found out we were pregnant, it was just after we'd had this like hard heart to heart conversation with the kids you know we're like yeah we can do this and then we found out we're pregnant we're like oh yeah not a big deal bud (laughs) we're pretty good at this uh and it was hard (laughs) sorry uh and then the second one it felt like oh we're adding another one this is scary um but this time it's just kind of like yeah let's do it man this is our this is our family and we're growing it you know yeah I don't know. Maybe people feel that way from the first kid most of the time, but it's like us three. So we're, we're excited. We're super excited about it. Yeah. That's awesome. February. Okay. Yeah. Pretty close to my birthday, but I'll let it slide yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah. Two of my boys are born in the same month as me. Oh, yeah. And my first, he was due on my birth on my birthday. At first, I was like, <laughs> not under my watch. <laughs> Why don't you take a step back there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> You're encroaching on some <laughs> sacred ground. <Yeah. laughs> so we have birthday month, but none of them have thus far taken my birthday. Nice. So yes. Grateful for that. So yeah, man. It's uh, it's pretty wild. We're gonna be a group birthday party house now. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Well, what would you say? What's God been using in your life the last couple of years to shape you? People, yeah. resources, uh, experiences, books, podcasts, yeah. things like that, that that you think would be worth sharing with totally. church fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll try not to get too rambly here because um, I get a lot. Um, I think that one of the things that I've discovered since working here is this love for um, learning and reading um, about people's observations on the nature of God. Yeah. I mean, there's 
so much out there and there's so many thoughts that just don't occur. Um, you know, um, but I would say that, um, as far as podcasts go, I can't say enough good stuff about the Bible project podcast. Mm. Um, I think that, uh, however you think about Tim Mackey's, uh, like theology, um, one of the things that he absolutely does so well is normalize wrestling with questions and, mm. and making it okay for, for you to be like, this is a rough spot of scripture. What am I supposed to do with that? And mm. sometimes the answer is just like, yeah, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, that's it. Uh, have fun wrestling with it for your whole life. Yeah. But there's something so, um, satisfying and fulfilling about, getting permission to do that, you know, from somebody that you can probably say like, I think, you know, a bunch of stuff and that's good. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I also think, uh, he presents things in such a way, like he's probably the most intelligent person that I, you know, listen to. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't, he's not pompous about it. He's so like, um, disarmingly, modest at least that's how i come across you know i haven't met him but um i can't say enough uh, good stuff about the bible project podcast mm. um that's really really good um <clears throat> i'd say that um recently um I, I mean i think been a lot of a lot of good books but recently probably the most um the most uh, like fundamentally i guess like view changing or or maybe it's more like solidifying the shape of of what you what you think or what you know um the divine conspiracy by dallas willard um it's it's crazy it's 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 full of stuff that when you read it you're like why are we not talking about mm. this this feels like a very foundational thing mm. no one's ever said this before yeah um and, it's, and, and in the same way i think i'm attracted to people who um people's points of view whenever they're not like just like shoving this like this is the truth down your throat it's like this is how there's this element uh, in wisdom that's like I think I'm right, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and Jesus loves me, and I love Him. You know, like yeah. <laughs> like I can get by with some people like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I I think that book is just so mm. um, so life changing. It's a little bit it's a little bit dense. Um, it's not quick to get through, even though the ideas are very approachable. Yeah. Um, but it's great. Um. A Practice of the Presence of God um, by uh, Brother Lawrence. Uh, just about, it's the diaries of this monk who just only thinks, he tries to only think about God. Uh, it's wild. It's wild, you know. Um, the Genesee Diary um, by Henri Nouwen. Um, it's just his his journal um, detailing like a nine-month stint in a, a monastery in new york uh and just like wrestling with his humanity while he's in there it's like that that'll change your life mm. it's like I mean, nothing happens you know he's just thinking and moving rocks with his hands and baking bread and it's like there's no I mean, it's a journal there's no storyline but it's just watching him wrestle with these things that we all wrestle with but he's got time to think about them you know it's mm. like it's so good it's beautiful mm. Um, yeah, and then and then I would I would also say that um, uh, specifically Josh Huckabee for me he's he's my he's my mentor um, he uh, he is is so wise and so approachable and so um, so 
caring and he's got a very um, appropriate and generous view of the goodness of God. And mm. he's taught me, he's taught me to believe the best and not the worst. Um, he's taught me to take steps towards trusting God. Um, he's painted this picture of God for me that I probably would not have seen myself um, as this just radical blessing, loving, gifting, caring God. Um, and I mean, if you, if you know if somebody who's done that for you, like that's invaluable because it's easy to swallow the poison that God is like this divine bully or this uncaring person who just spins the world and takes a step back. Like there's so many ways that your mind can be poisoned against God. Um, but I don't know, like I'm, I can never repay, I think, um, the way that he, like his tutelage, you know, just his, his, his way of showing me how to actually see the father, um, for who he is, you know, instead of who the world has conditioned me to believe he has to be mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. yeah. So, so Josh Huckabee, good resource. Yeah, I was gonna say. So in the show notes, should I just put his cell phone number? Yeah, just just put it in there. Just reach out anytime. Just kidding. Please don't. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, hey, what's a, a word of encouragement, exhortation, blessing you might have for college kids? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially over the last two weeks. Um, we're going through. Um, the CH Academy um, staff edition with uh, Aaron and Danielle Wheeler. Um, and there's just this, this beautiful, simple truth of God's desire to abide with us mm. and his desire for us to abide with him. Really, that's the, that's the back on which all of this is, is born. Like that's what it means that Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like, yeah, like, I love you, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and you're learning to love me. That's so beautiful. But I, there's, there's just such a, there's such a release that comes with that. Like knowing that God does not have ulterior motives mm-hmm. whenever he has a relationship with you. We talk about all these things, like people are meant to be these functions, like God's put you in this place for this reason. And certainly that that can be true. You know, that certainly can be true, but actually all of that comes out of your love for the Lord and his love for you. Like we're still learning to love the Lord. He is fully and completely loves us right now. And that's like, Mm. that's what it means to be a friend of Jesus, you know, and and the works and all these other things, they come as a result of that. But we don't have to break our backs to earn his affection. We yeah. don't have to call him and hope that he's going to show up once a year. You know, like he, he's imminent. Well, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Like that's the good news of the gospel. Um, it's just like, you can think about that forever. You can talk about it forever. Right. Um, so that's a little rambly, but like, if you can dare to believe that, I would challenge you to try. Mm. It's, it doesn't seem true. Cause I think we've been so like, our culture and everything is just 
poisoned us against this. Like, we don't have relationships that don't have ulterior motives. That's right. Even if, like, my wife with our kids, that's terrible to say, but it's true. Like, the purest relationship that you can have is God and you. And it's you yeah. and God, you know? Like, that's, I don't know. So, I don't know what that blessing is, but I hope it's encouraging because mm. it, it's filling me up. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I like that. <clears throat> Praise God. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Thanks for being so vulnerable and um, being real with us. We're grateful for you. Thanks yeah. for your your love for our church and for our students and your blessing. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Appreciate you, dude. All right, church people. We love you. We'll see you soon. <laughs>